welcome to The Other Side of Midnight. I'm going to be your host for the night. Richard's having a computer issue. Uh, I'm Keith Morgan. I actually hosted last week's as well. Um, Richard's having problems with his uh, alien machine. Of course, it's an alien that's going to cause problems, of course. But uh, I think we should always try to give you a live show, not disappoint you guys. So I'm sitting in for Richard, and uh, we got uh, three other team members here. We're going to have uh, Andrew Curry, Ron Gerbron, and Will Farrar. Uh, we're all, all going to be doing uh, evaluations of images from Mars, which is what we do. And uh, you guys heard me talk about uh, the Morgan Curve and the history behind that. So that was a recap Tonight, you're going to get an update of all the stuff that's been going on uh, to this point um, with the new pictures and the, the last one with the uh, Ingenuity picture showing the, the remnants of the parachute and the, uh, the back plane cover that was uh, released when it released the rover to land on the surface. Um, <clears throat> I had an interesting day today. I was at the uh, the observation deck. It's sort of like a metaverse thing where you're there with uh, you're you're an avatar, and you get to interact with everybody and so forth. And uh, they were doing a thing with Stephen Bassett, da- Daniel Sheehan, um, was the uh, Dolan, and a whole bunch of others. And uh, it went over pretty well. Uh, they may not be doing another one because I think they reached a budget uh, on how much they're paying for being able or not paying for this, but their budget can't afford them to be actually be using the uh, observation deck um, in the future. But uh, this was a free freebie, and it went over pretty nice. It was it was really nice. Um, the guys had a lot to say, uh, Stephen and, uh, Danny, they both had, you know, good points to make and things like that. And I found it was interesting. So, I hope it's not the future, but, um, it's an, it was a nice environment. So I'm not going to take up our time anymore because I want to bring on my, uh, my co-guest or co-hosts because we're all part of the uh, Enterprise Mission Imaging Team. And uh, we're going to talk about um, what's new on Mars. And so this is uh, Meanwhile on Mars, Part 2. So, guys, how are you? You are now on the uh, air. Um, Hello. So... We've got Ron Gerbron. How are you, Ron? You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I got uh, deputized to run through a couple of Richard's items. Okay. There's a couple of them I did. We only had a chance to talk about a few of them, so I don't understand half of them, but the, we'll, we'll cover the important ones, and it'll take less time. Okay. <laughs> and, usual. We have, and then we'll go on to other things. For, okay. And we have Andrew Curry, and Andrew's one of our, our team artists and uh members of the imaging team. Andrew, you there? 
I am here. Hi, Keith. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for having me back on the show. Okay, looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. And we've had a, we have a, a long-term um, member who's comes in every often, uh, Will Farah, and uh, he's joining us, and he's got some really good stuff from his Gigapans that he's been looking at. I saw something in a Gigapan um, uh, from Keith Laney. It looked like a small bubble wrap that was painted green, and it was sticking up from behind a rock. And it looked like it was some kind of reptilian texture on something living. And when them taking all the green out of the picture, I was surprised it was still green. So, uh, Will, you there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Laney does some of those amazing, amazing gigapans. He's uh, he really gets into the raw data good. And uh, what I've got up there is from a curiosity saw that I've been going through lately. It just was totally cool. So we get to those. We do. I know there's a ton of things in there to, to, to talk about. Okay. Yeah, Curiosity is a bit more of a target-rich environment than um, Jezero has been for Perseverance so far. There's an awful lot of stuff there in Gale. It really is. I mean, it's 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 so blatant too. Like some of the structures and things like that. There's some that are still intact. <laughs> that, that is, but. When you're looking at the uh, the Percy stuff, you know, the Perseverance it definitely is. It's a little bit more wide open, it seems. The uh, they they picked a little bit, not as crunched in. There's not as many boulders to go around. Okay, so what what yeah. we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna have Ron start off since he's actually gonna be doing some of Richard's items since Richard. Yeah, can't so do them. everybody go to Richard's. Everybody go to Richard's stuff. So to get there, you go to the other side of midnight.com. Uh, you click on the banner for tonight's show, and it will take you to the show page. And then you click on the fast links where it says Richard, and it'll take you down to Richard's items. Okay, go ahead. Um, hopefully, everybody's okay. there now. Okay. Well, the uh, this will give them time because we're sk- we're kind of skipping a couple of them. Um, the um, the Webb telescope, as you probably heard, most people probably heard now has is finally up to full uh full operational speed and um they've taken the first couple of pictures uh well not web he was uh, i mean uh, that's it's the new one i'm talking about but anyway there's something about web and then uh something else about web so i'm sure didn't have a chance to cover that uh, the uh so we'll skip down to number Five, which says humans may be all over the universe, scientists say, and I think practically anybody listening probably agrees with that already. So, the um, uh, if we get under seven, the uh, this is interesting. The uh, just last week, uh, the uh, ExoMars, uh, no Insight, Insight lander, which measures uh, seismic activity, and we don't hear much from it. Uh, the two largest Mars quakes they've ever recorded. Both of them over four um, on the same scale we'd use here, which is significant for Mars. They're usually tiny. You know, it's just that Mars does not have um, continents and um, continental drift and a fractured crust like the Earth does, even though it's been smacked so many times by huge rocks. But uh, so it's it shouldn't have a lot of earthquakes. And it's uh, not supposed to be actively volcanic, so nobody's quite sure where they're coming from. But um, 
Well, according the, uh, to NASA, there's no volcanic activity, but they had pictures yeah. showing uh, plumage coming from one of the three volcanoes uh, alongside of uh, Arctic Mons. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was for a good week or two from the pictures. Actually, it because went I, further than that. And they said, "Oh, it's just uh, condensation going over top of the uh, the uh, volcano." And that's not what it was, because they said, oh, it's only going to happen to certain times of the year. But they had pictures throughout the year showing this thing still going on, stretching for miles. It's not. Yeah. It, it's not a it dead It was India, I think, that showed us. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. India that actually showed us the, the, the their orbiter up there that first spotted it. So, I mean, definitely, there's definitely stuff up there. It's just not, when I hear dead planet, it's like, ah, oh, it's been beaten to us so much. No, dead planet. It's, Mars dead. It has act, volcanic activity. They just don't want to admit it because if mm-hmm. there's volcanic activity, that means there is life because life lives around volcanic activity as well as uh, inside nuclear reactors in the freaking core itself. And they don't want to admit life wants to live any place it darn well pleases. And if you have right. volcanic activity and it's giving off a steam plume, that means there's water. Mm-hmm. So, again, they don't want to admit that there's water on Mars. So. Well, the Indian, the Indian satellite has uh, specialized equipment to measure trace gases and things like that. And I can't remember, did they measure a lot of water or uh, did they, anybody see a breakdown of what um, materials were in those plumes? No, I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah, but they, they're pretty. They were pretty uh, visually. You see, a, you see a smoke plume coming off of something, and it's drifting in accordance with such winds that are that are there. You go, okay, it's smoking. It's a hole in the ground. It's smoking. You know, that's enough. There's something going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let, let's. Uh, Richard's going to hate this, but let's. Yeah, let's get to the remaining one of the ones of his that won't be covered anywhere else. He's got the number nine where it says every ridiculous thing we learned today about Elon Musk's plan to take over Twitter. Well, uh, he was, um, and I had to check with him, with Richard. If anyone else is a Robert Heinlein fan, you remember one of his characters in a couple of his books was the, um, uh, in that scenario and timeline was the richest man in the world the world's first trillionaire at that point, uh, whose name was uh, Harrington, I think, um, the, uh, which is uh, uh, Carl Sagan did a sort of a takeoff of that same name because remember the rich guy in the Contact was named Haddon? You know, so he was, it was probably a nod to Heinlein with that. But anyway, so our, our own version of uh, Haddon or um, Harrington is Elon Musk, and uh, you know why would he take over Twitter? Not just not just because he was PO'd about not having a um, platform for himself to use. He's uh, he tends to be a bit of a um, humanitarian. I guess you could say that he's uh, he's very truth oriented, and uh, some things, even if you're Elon Musk, you can't talk about them unless the time is right. You know, that's everybody will just uh, mock you to death. And he knows perfectly well what's on Mars and elsewhere. And he can't talk about it like anybody else can't. 
I mean, you could get a, if anybody watched that uh, Joe Rogan interview, I know he's interviewed Musk a bunch of times, but the really long interview that got a lot of, a lot of play, um, that he did there, there, a while back. It was excellent. Yeah. The one where he was smoking, they, they smoked the uh, marijuana together and, and, <laughs> Must got yeah. in trouble. Yeah, the the SEC started coming after. I forget which one it was. One the SEC, but it was pretty bad. It was pretty sad. You know, they were just yeah, enjoying. The, yeah, you're right. That okay. Yeah, but remember, a, yeah, remember kind of uh, he got uh, he was very straightforward, and then he got then he got a little bit uh, dismissive. You know, like kind of like the picture that Richard posted here of him with his hands splayed out there, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he was he was. Uh, kind of, it wasn't exactly self mockery, but he was like dodging something because he, he, it's like he caught himself and said, Well, I can't really talk about that. But he couldn't say, I can't really talk about that. And so he just kind of uh, made that ridiculous comment about um, the, um, uh, well, there's, he virtually said, as I remember, that, well, no, there wouldn't be life on Mars, but when we get to other star systems, we might find some. Remember that? And, yeah, Ron. Um, yeah, Ron. Uh, um, that's what Rogan was doing. He was he was asking about Mars, and he's going, "Isn't that crazy guy? You know, uh, Richard Hogan. I used to used to listen to him a lot. You know, and he was going on and on. And then he, and then Elon got very serious and said, "No, no, no. There's nothing on Mars." And in the moment, yeah, they jumped to, "Hey, once we get to another star system, oh yeah, there could be dead uh, dead civilizations." And he got very excited. So as long as it's not in our neighborhood, it was okay to talk about. You know, Ron, on the subject of yeah. Haddon, the rich, yeah. uh, I guess that was the rich guy. Are you suggesting that uh, Elon Musk has built some sort of <laughs> – like what was the machine they used in, in contact to sort of accelerate them? It was a wormhole it, machine. It was basically it was basically a big gyroscopic-looking wormhole thing. Yeah, it was a wormhole generator. It was – well, it definitely was a wormhole. In fact, they, I remember they used that word in the um, movie. And it was certainly a flashy-looking piece of hardware. But um, the, that seems to be the go-to. I mean, I'm rooting for the wormholes as a long-term Stargate fan. Uh, I'm rooting for all sorts of wormhole stuff, but, you know, that's still in the speculative territory, unfortunately. But uh depends on who you believe, right? I mean, well, and talk- it, and, yeah, and it depends on what the government's talking about. I mean, when NASA brings or talks about this was a few years ago, they were speaking about well, when we get to uh, warp capability, and you know, it's one thing. I was listening to an old interview with uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell. Um, I can't remember who was interviewing him, uh, but it, it. Anyways, they were talking about about when NASA says things, they're not talking about ten, twenty years in the future. Some sort of proof of concept has probably already at least been somewhere on the drawing board, if not moving in a, you know, in some sort of positive direction. So I'm coming back to what you're saying again. Are, are, are we suggesting that Musk is like R. Haddon? Has he put, made two, two, well, one or two of these kinds of devices and he's ready to start firing humans through? Huh? Or is it, or are we just being playful there? Well, remember the aliens provided that device in contact. And as I understand, I've sadly, I've never actually read the book I'm very fond of the movie, especially. Well, you watch it. Uh, you watch it up to the uh, you know up to the point when she actually gets to go there, and that stuff's all just way cool. So I watched that part a lot of times. But uh, the in the in the book, it was a group of people, 
that they sent. Not um, and so I'm sure there were particulars that vary. Um, but I may not be the only one that hasn't read the book that talks about it based on the movie. Um, but um, yeah, he's no, he's a similar character. I think there's a, I think there's a um, you can draw a parallel there. And um, he, I'm not saying that the aliens gave Musk a wormhole generator, but um, he, he, he any, did say on Rogan. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he did say that no, he, Rogan asked him if he was an alien. <laughs> he would, he yeah. said yes. Uh, if you go back and watch the tape, he did say yes, just like joking around, but literally said yes uh, as yeah. you say that. Uh, I think <laughs> you really. Yeah, I think you. I don't think he's an alien, but I really think that he's just. Uh, I think he sees Twitter and these places like that as somewhere where social, you know, can actually happen, especially in free speech kind of way. Now, the way they just cancel people out, um, I think he's got a vision, a whole big vision that he's going to be bringing into it. And it's either going to mm-hmm. flop or not. But, hey, it's his money and some of his investors. And uh, it's going to be interesting anyway, because it's really a forum that could – People could still use like a, a tag name, you know, like a, you know, your what's up in the sky 37s, my youth. I could still use that, but I say I had to verify as Will Farrar. So it'd be nice yeah. to have only verified people. So that means, you know, it's not 25 different bots. Um, if you look at the Elon Musk messages now that he gets back, literally two, two seconds after he does it, he starts getting retweets from people hating all over them, but you can just tell by reading them that they're bots, uh, you know, and bots with the, I'm an IT guy. They're basically are computer generated people that, that talk to you. I mean, even now people's cell phones are getting them. People are, you know, cell phones are getting text messages saying, Hey, how you been? And they'll sit there and try and have a conversation with you. And then eventually they'll try and get a card or something from you. Some, some sort of scam out of you eventually. But, uh, I just got a notice from my damn uh, cell phone company that they had uh, just recently, they didn't get very specific, uh, dealt with an intrusion in their in their network of uh, that very sort of thing. And they said it was all taken care of and it was all very vague. But I, I personally, I think they're covering for the fact that their service sucks. But uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the uh, that's what bots are. That's what bots are for. And you're right. You would not want to irritate someone that's IT oriented like Musk with uh, something like bots. I mean, he would be definitely he would be reaching for the slipper to squash that thing. You know, it, um, well, that's a line out of a TV show I was watching the other night. They were dealing with these giant spider things. And somebody, somebody said, does anybody have a really big slipper? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I. Uh, so I thought, yeah, Musk is Musk is kind of in that position. Well, I think we have to help. I think there's certain things you can't. He's a quarterback, and he needs to have the football handed to him. He can't just show up with a football and start running down the field. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that has that sort that part of the disclosure has been sadly lacking. You know, and hopefully shows like this can help it along a little bit. Give him something to run with. You know, because I'm sorry. Well, Ron, I think we got to stay on this because I remember now it was um, the reason why Joseph Farrell put up his this old um, interview is and it was with Richard Dolan, who actually coined the term breakaway civilizations uh, back in, I guess, some of these secret space conferences that they were doing and probably in his book, I think in one of his books as well. And one of the uh, reasons why he brought it up was um, actually 
Joseph did is because of what's going on with Russia. But besides that, yeah. the, 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 the intent of, of the interview was talking about how, you know, there's been so much money disappearing from all, all of our, you know, especially in the United States, but many of our, uh, probably all of our economies just being harvested. And Catherine Austin Fitz and Joseph Farrell and others have tracked this seeping away of, you know, hundreds of billions or even trillions of whatever amount it is, and it goes nowhere. It, it, and, and the speculation is it's going to some sort of deep kind of science project of developing an alternate, you know, um, 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 you know, a breakaway civilization. So along with that must come the technology. And with Musk now having Twitter, I mean, I don't know if it's the deal has gone through completely yet, but if he has it, he has the bullhorn. And if they need to begin to go back to a Brookings type, how do we communicate the information quickly to all cultures across the planet? Twitter is that place. Twitter is that place. Just like you said, Will, you can have sock stitchers, um, people who, who are mechanics, people who – like every group is on that platform and they gather together as you know virtual communities. And and it's still the biggest platform out there, and 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 it and it's pithy and quick because what is it, two hundred and forty characters for your tweets? So yeah, these, it. yeah, and 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 this is how people respond nowadays. They don't have. We've talked. I've said this a billion times, but the average goldfish has a longer attention span than the average human. Eight seconds for a goldfish, seven seconds for the average human in terms of picking up. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but that's where we've gotten. So, you know, with this platform. And if there is a time now where we're finally going to be sort of opened up into what's really going on, what better way to do it than through Twitter? Well, now that we're into the fine art of hyperbole, exactly how do they determine the attention span of a goldfish? I, I have wondered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure government money paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was a, a touche. I'm sure it was a very well-funded program. Um, and it, and it's probably they probably they've probably been getting a fresh grant every couple of years. Um, or, well, how long do goldfish live? Well, I no, I take that back. I've seen them in a koi pond that were supposed to be over a hundred years old. So, yeah, the goldfish can do fine. Uh, <laughs> but um, the scientists, on the other hand, uh, need to have their. Um, oh, don't get me started on academics. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. So I, I think that's what I think that's what Musk is up to. You know, that's the Twitter is the to use that analogy that from the total non-sports fan, namely me, of uh, him being the quarterback. Uh, the uh, yeah, Twitter is the Twitter is the field. You know, the um, Twitter is the playing field. I'd rather say soccer, but that's a group sport, <laughs> and uh, it's um, football is very much one guy at a time doing some thing all armored up like a like a medieval knight and uh, carrying a. F funny brown thing with pointy ends uh and um soccer it's just a bunch of people in shorts kicking the hell out of a round ball that makes more sense to me but um the uh, yeah he's uh twitter is uh, twitter is the field and he's ready to run down it but i i he's he has undercut by doing something that nobody would have expected you know it's i mean look at the look at the images we have of rich people you know what do the russian oligarchs do most of them are effectively on a world scale, fairly harmless. You know, most of them are not up to something sinister uh, necessarily. They're just, I mean, they're buying $300 million yachts. You know, that's, um, 
which, as I understand it, those yachts cost about a million dollars a year just for maintenance. Got the crew, the whole, the whole works. I mean, you, you just to run one of those boats, it really is. It's at least I think five to ten people with you on the boat. Oh it's yeah, just, you'd need a crew. Yeah. Hey, Ron, to keep it. Did yes. uh, did Richard say anything about uh, his uh, number eleven and number twelve images? Uh, okay, let me uh, number. Yeah, I said. Well, I've got I've got Percy stuff too. So I just I just uh, we'll just um, we can go through them that way. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going. We should talk about that. We can do it right now if you want. But uh, after you so nicely got everything in a nice order. Uh, it's going to do it, but yeah, we can we can go to that. You can look at Richard's pictures, eleven and twelve, or mine start with number seven and number eight. Um, number seven. Uh, so if anybody wants to scroll down to my pictures and look at number seven, um, everybody's seen a picture of the back shell lying on the ground at this point, I think. Uh, but I looked at all the images. There's a dozen or so of them that um, Ingenuity took. You know, it's it's so refreshing to see a picture from a um, from different angles and from so close up uh, from that little helicopter. And um, so, number seven, there's that uh, slightly different view of the of the back shell. And of course, click on it, you get a bigger one. But if you just expand it a little bit and look at it, you'll see that it's sitting next to some foundations. Notice the nice square. Run, Yes. Yes. Can you tell everybody how to get to your items, please? Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. If you're in the, uh, if you're, if you're already on Richards, uh, actually they scroll down because I was next in line there. But uh, where it's, um, assuming they were anywhere, you get, you click on the, you click on the show banner, or the logo above it, or the legend above it, and uh, then you look below it, and you'll see it says guest page and fast links to items. And um, you'll see Richard, Ron, and Will. And um, uh, Andrew didn't uh, kick down any pictures today, but I'm glad you came, Andrew. Uh, and uh, so it's, I'm just trying to keep it simple. The, uh, yeah, so if that works, go down to number seven of mine, or like I said, 11 and 12 of Richard's. Um, Different, you get two different views. But if you look at number seven of mine, you'll see the the reason I picked this one because it's like from the other side, kind of, and it's pretty obvious where the uh, part of the um, rover's uh, arrival gear is, and um, the parachute's not in this one. I trimmed the picture down a little bit, but it's parachutes there off to one side as well, and that other little whitish thing to the left is also part of the back shell. But above them, uh, as far as I could check, and I had Richard check this as well, and he doesn't, um, uh, he says, no, that can't be, you know, whatever, uh, that can't be part of it. Uh, it's, this is stuff on the ground, and you'll notice there's nice square turns and things like that. And there's one uh, piece of it that looks to me pretty mechanical. For that, you'd have to click on the image and look at it, look at it larger. And it's in the upper left corner. But uh, if you go down to number the next picture down, that's the uh, that's the part that I'm talking about, number eight. Uh, and um, that looks like junk to me, not just rocks. And I did the best I could. It's very, very dark 
they 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 might as well have poured tar on the picture. They really didn't want you to um, uh, pay much attention to that. But uh, that looks pretty manufactured. What does anybody anybody see it? Yeah, Ron. I when I'm looking at your number seven, and I know we're coming up to a break soon, and Keith is here to remind us. <laughs> yes. But yes, I was going to say very quickly. Um, that's the closest I've looked at this image, and I'm like, I couldn't sort of sometimes tell the difference between like this this one we're looking at now, the so-called rocks, and the actual perseverance debris or that little little cap debris. It's like which is the rock and which is the mechanical stuff. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's because there's there's a bunch of it. There's more than just the thing I pointed out. I said it looked kind of like a floor jack, like you stick under a car, you know. And, work a lever and it lifts the car up a little bit but um, Richard never gets my visual analogies and that's all right. nobody else ever does either it's like half my jokes Uh, but whatever it looks like it looks it does not look like a rock it does either does the thing a little bit above it and to the um, uh, to the right of it that's a little more rounded the uh, yeah I've got much better examples of things like that further down this at least this was something Okay, Ron. Um, you know, we're, yes, we're about uh, thirty seconds out from a break here at the bottom of the hour. So uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, I'm hosting, sitting in for Richard C. Hoagland, and our guests are Andrew Curry, uh, Ron Gerbron, and Will Farah. And we'll return after this break. or no backs. you have mandates or no mandates, you have uh, pharmacies who are not allowed to make a pres- prescriptions on substances that they don't, you know, <laughs> that big pharma doesn't want them to have anymore. Somebody's in control of something. There's going to be a time, follow the money, where you're going to say, hey, something really inappropriate has gone on here, we're being controlled. I mean, it's, it's one thing to to have mandates and all these, and another thing to shut people up who say, I would like to talk about this a little bit. No, you don't. You're not going to talk. And, and so we have, uh, you know, people like uh, Dr. Mercola being shut down. That is not us. That's not how we operate. People ought to at least be allowed to have an opinion and state the opinion. And, and have uh, say, uh, I'd like you to know that a good immune system is going to help you. So here are the things for a good immune system. But I'm sorry, you can't buy them anymore because we're not allowed to. So something's going on. So that, my friend, is going to be exposed. That's another thing that you're seeing for a while, and it won't last forever. So it's there now. But believe me, it ain't going to stay because the light's going to be turned on. Just like the, the abuse of the, uh, that I've just talked about, of both women and kids, for priests and all, it's here in an ugly way, and eventually it's going to be seen. Christ says there'll be revelations, or maybe even a movie about it. It's going to be the same thing that happened when we found out with tobacco, that they were, of course, addicting our children, and they had a cartoon, and they knew that it caused cancer. And you know what happened with that. We shut that basically shut that down and now we don't smoke anymore 
Hi there, this is Lee Carroll. I want to tell you about the other side of the news. In these days where we're not really hearing much good news or perhaps even what's really happening, that's where the other side of the news is different. And in that, you're going to hear not only controversy, but you're going to hear great things. There are going to be joyful things, too. I just got done with one of the broadcasts, and I encourage you to take a listen with myself and Monica. But the other side of the news, that's what we need more of in these times. And welcome back to the other side of Midnight I'm your host, Keith Morgan, and we got a good conversation going on right now. I'm going to bring back my guests, and we're going to continue talking about Mars. So, where do we leave okay, it, Ron? Uh, well, we're talking about the ingenuity thing. This is the um, big event, I guess, of the um, of the week. And um, I'm trying to think, where's the... Um, okay, where's the one? Okay, right above... Oh, you did such a nice job of getting them all aligned properly. Uh, right above that picture of the back shell, because everybody, these are all things you just have to study them for a while, you know, and once you realize that there's something artificial there that we didn't bring, um, it makes a difference. But right above it, number six is a Watson picture from Perseverance of just the ground around where it's hanging out. And it's uh, the color is just outrageous, and hey, did you, that's most. Did you pull that color out? Did no, it, no, like that's that? it. it's it's like the, I cleaned it up. I got the you know I, all I all I could do is deblur them, deinterlace them, deblur them, and clean them up. But I didn't amplify it. Wow, um, that's a lot it, of color. Yeah, I know, and it's and but it's uh, it depends on how the light catches it, you know, and and the stuff doesn't look, I suspect, as sparkly as it really is, you know. It's because uh, either that or it's or somebody docked, dumped a box of uh, is it Captain Crunch that's got all the different colors? <laughs> it looks like yeah. a colored breakfast cereal. Uh, I think they're smaller than that. Yeah, you know, Watson for people that don't know, Perseverance has a whole bunch of of cameras. And everybody's favorite is kind of the little thing that's basically a GoPro that they wrote a new subroutine for. Uh, that's on the that's what's on the helicopter. That's what's on Ingenuity, and uh, it's just so honest. They couldn't do half of what they do, so it just takes ordinary pictures. You know, it's not there's no color tweaking or anything else. And um, the uh, like I said, they wrote a. They have a little black box inside of Ingenuity that um, ties everything together, but they they couldn't override the built-in um, color correction and so forth on that camera. These are the ones you get for home security systems or on your own little drone, uh, and uh, that's they seem to hold up well on Mars. Remember, they didn't know if that thing was going to work for more than a half an hour <laughs> once it got there. But it seems like it's it's happier to be on Mars than it was to be in JPL's uh, lab. If anybody ever was following it and saw the testing that they were doing, because they have that vacuum chamber that's the size of a room um, where they can get whatever air pressure or gases they want. And they were using it in there, and they had it all carefully counterbalanced uh, with weights to simulate the gravity on Mars. I'm still not quite sure how they figured that part out, but you know, there the thing was, 
And when it was set for the um, density of Mars' atmosphere, which is supposed to be like 1% of Earth's, um, it was really straining to get off the ground. You know, you can see it. I mean, it was managing, they was managing to lift up, but that's all they were expecting. And then they get to Mars and they fire that puppy up. And not only does it work, but it shoots up in the air like a rocket. I mean, it was just like, yes, yes, I like this. Boom. And uh, that kind of implied to me that the air is perhaps a bit thicker than they're admitting. But, you know, they lie about so much, it's hard to tell what it is. But anyway, there's an, yeah, there's an example of that. And um, there is, you'll notice if you go back and look at any of the pictures of the back shell, that there is a kind of a shine to the ground. You know, it's remember, it's basically sand. And, uh, but if you look at the original raw images as they post them, uh, it's like, the, it's like it's spotlighted. It's the same kind of thing we ran into with the landing, uh, pictures where they took a whole series of images with another camera that was specifically to do that. Uh, they just kind of photographed it on the way down and they did the little clips and it was like a, uh, like a bright spot following it around. Hey, like, hey, were Ron, if I'm Ron. Andrew, just yeah, Andrew just said something looked pretty cool. <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, go ahead. You you go. go you know what I'm doing, so you go. He, he, you said uh, he's sending on the IMs uh, pictures of basically circuit boards. Looks like motherboards and stuff with the same colors and the same uh, material look to what you got up there on your picture. It's pretty. Is that where you're getting at there, Andrew? Uh, yes, exactly. That. Uh, Ron, you're number six, and and we're listening intently yeah. to what you're saying, but it literally hmm. looks like a melted. Uh, I, I, again, we might be projecting here, but if but I, I I dropped in three images, like Will said in the, uh, in the chat, and anybody can do this out there. Just go Google circuit board, and you'll find super colorful circuit boards that look very organized. And when you zoom in close on number six, I double clicked on it. It looks to me kind of organized, uh, and uh, yeah, it just. It's a weird kind of um, correlation there, at least. On You're right. It is. It, it does. It does look like that same kind of glass they use on the quality circuit boards. Yeah. Again, these these, yeah. these sort of yeah. geometric, colorful, repeating patterns that we see. Yeah. 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 Highly eroded, mm -hmm. all melted down. You know, sloshed and smashed and flooded and everything else. But it's mm -hmm. it's there. It's present. And as we said, that that back cap from the parachute perseverance perseverance parachute when those when all that material is busted up on the surface of of Jezero crater it it's i mean just imagine what how many years guys before it all erodes corrodes and the, the sand blasted and the you know and and it would start to look like the rocks around uh, the quote unquote rocks around it i don't think it's going to take too long look at it i mean it's already what's it been a year now since it's been up there yeah and uh, a year and a half or so it, it's definitely looks like it's taken oh it took a beating <laughs> we've been landed yes. if you guys haven't seen the pictures you got to get out to the website and check it out this thing definitely hit hard yeah well fortunately they're nearby but if you scroll back up to uh richard's number 10 11 and 12 you know of, of that area you can uh yeah he did he did pump the color a little bit to um make it more obvious but there's um you can see it's really there's an iridescence to the ground around there. There's a bunch of bunch of glass, and um, 
for the newbies, the one of the, out there, the uh, yeah, one of the principles we have is that at some point in time, pretty much the entirety of Jezero Crater, which was just the right size for that kind of mega engineering, had a dome over it, and the um, uh, so that had an effect on the landing of the rover and everything else. See, the thing is, there's always somebody at JPL or wherever that knows what's going on. You know, they don't want these things to fail. That happened once back in the uh, moon exploration days when a surveyor was on the way down to the moon's surface. And then suddenly, when it was still some considerable distance above the um, surface, just like just like a snap of fingers, it disappeared. Poof. And that can't happen. You know, Richard, Richard uh, pointed that out and people just went, Duh. It's one of those things where you, people just have a slack-jawed response. What are you going to say? It's obvious. If you have something that's a radio transmitter and it blows up or fails or something, they always die. Even your phone does that. You know what happens when your phone dies, when you just can't shut up and it gets down to 1% and then all of a sudden your phone disappears. Yeah, there's something. You know, there would be a spike or a gerbil and uh, nothing. It just gone. And the only way that can happen is if the, uh, in the case of that surveyor, it had a little uh, transmitter thing, you know, a little transmitter dish pointed back to Earth and it got knocked offline. Boom. That's the only way you can shut a radio transmitter up instantly is just knock off the transmitter, you know, redirect the transmitter. Because then the signal's going somewhere as the circuit's dying or whatever, but you, you can't pick it up anymore same kind of problem I'm having with my damn phone. And um, <laughs> if I don't sit exactly here, don't have a good signal. But anyway, yeah, so it made it down to the surface, and there's a bunch of broken glass down there all over the place. Uh, because sand is sand. It may be nice and bright and shiny, but the only time I've ever seen iridescent sand was under just the right conditions in some places uh, if you go to some place with a black sand beach, and there's more of them than just the Kona Coast of Hawaii, uh, and the light hits it just right, you'll get some iridescence flashing across there because basically obsidian is what's making up the uh, stuff on the ground on one of those black sand beaches. And, you know, where it gets thin enough, it's translucent enough that it can refract the light a little bit. And this is much more serious than that. You know, we don't know what the material of something like a dome like that would be made of there, but uh, it's pretty sure that it's tempered in the sense that ours are. You know, like hey, a broken. Yes, go ahead. Ron, Sorry, I'm rambling. No, 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 no. You know, I'm. You you mentioned the word serious, and we were hearing a dog barking in the background for quite a long time. <laughs> were you able to put it under control back there? <laughs> oh no, that's. I have. I. I no. I'm. I'm telling you that that um, that dog is like two football fields away. Oh my if gosh! Every, if everybody held their breath for a while, you'd hear there's a car on the highway, which is like a quarter mile away. And other than that, it's very very quiet here. We're lucky. If this was the middle of the summer when there was a lot of traffic uh, on that highway, even at this time of night, it would be kind of noisy. Hopefully by then I'll have my um, phone situation resolved. No, you uh, sound good. I was just giving you. I was just teasing you. Man. Okay. Oh well. No, I'm always. I'm always. I'm always up for that. But um, okay. What else can we say about the uh, back shell? Anybody got a an insight? 
no pun intended. I'm I'm curious that the the um, the the back shell after it dropped off the rover and landing uh, a device that had all the rockets and everything that slowly descended. How come it didn't slow down from the speed that it was running it? It was coming in at. It said it hit at seventy-eight miles per hour. Wouldn't it have uh, slowed down even more once it dropped the big load? Well, no, because the parachute wasn't protecting it anymore. You know the, uh, uh, the thrusters. Richard, yeah, you'd need Richard to describe the niceties of the um, uh, that incredibly. Uh, complicated landing system that they've used the last couple times. Uh, they seem to put a lot of effort into making those almost theatrical. You know, it's like a, my favorite was always the big bounce bags, like they uh, used on um, Pathfinder. It was literally a gigantic bounce ball, big inflated ball that, and it landed on that and it bounced around for uh, until it stopped bouncing around, and then deflate. Then they deflated it. And in the case of Pathfinder, they sucked it back inside. They um, decided to be tidy, and they actually had a uh, so it you know it wasn't a it wasn't there's a parachute involved too. But remember, the air is still pretty thin, even though they're lying about how thin it is. And um, the uh, in the case of in the case of this, I believe the um, yeah the back shell stuff was just in free fall. Because it was just a heat, it was a basically heat shield, and you can see where the parachute and stuff was connected. And so once it, uh, once the lander was done with it, it just free fell the rest of the distance. And uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty banged up. You zoom in on it. It. Um, I'd like to see the picture. I'm going to have to check out the NASA website and see what it looked like before. When uh, the color is, it's awfully brown. I wonder if that was from the heat coming in, or if that's actually just from the accumulation of dirt on it. And then it seems to be the, the color from these helicopter pictures. They don't, it's, it, they're definitely different from what's being taken on the ground. Um, I can see yeah. Richard's point on that. It, it's, so I'm wondering what the color difference actually is between these. And it's kind of been like that with every mission. Every mission seems to bring yeah. back a different shade of puke yellow or, <laughs> you know, orange colors of, of Mars, red colors that. Oh, I know. I try really hard not, on my pictures to not exaggerate the colors, uh, and um, the sometimes that's a that's an advantage, you know, to just uh, like I said, Richard pumped them up a little bit on, uh, pumped it up a little, the saturation up a little bit on his to make it a little more obvious, but um, I just rely on the re resolution, and so the uh, the wrecked back shell lying uh, there on the ground in um, mine is. Um, that is absolutely the actual color. You know, it's a little bit, it's either scorched or something around the, around the edges, you know, where it's a little tan, but that's, yeah, that's the color it is. And that's the color all the parts are. And uh, even the rope or cable or whatever that is, that's left over from where the parachute was attached. So, um, Guys, I can, what, 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 what about, yeah. What about the, um, with this image, there's such brightness in the middle ground where this um, piece is, and in the foreground, and yet in the background, it looks like it's completely in shadow. Now, I, I know it's mm -hmm. not completely, because we can see rocks casting shadows, very similar to the way that the cast shadows are coming from the stuff in, mm -hmm. the, foregr in the foreground and the middle ground. But there is a distinct brightness. I mean, oh, I don't know if yeah. that's the way it's... Yeah, so, so oh, no. 
Absolutely. No, well, as the, as the one responsible for the pictures, let's see, right now I'm looking at number seven. That's the simplest thing. For instance, it looks fairly even. It's just brighter in the middle. Well, if you look at the original, uh, you're right. It's like it had a spotlight on it. I mean, it's yeah. that dramatic a difference. And I, I uh, there are some controls that I'll use on the um, graphics programs. I'll use uh, rather freely. And in this case, I, yeah, I, I judiciously applied uh, what they call fill light quite a bit. You know, which is just exactly that. It makes the darker parts lighter, oh. and um, the uh, to try and even it out so that you could see everything. Because if you look at the original, you see that stuff that I was talking about in the upper left corner. Yeah, uh, is uh, it's well, you know, look at the uh, corresponding, but look at the next one. You know, even there, and that was you know a completely separate take on it. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work to get it light enough to see what's there. And if you blow it up, you'll see it looks all grainy as a result. Okay, so Ron, what uh, you're saying is that this is a bit of a processing issue. That's why it's it's got yeah, this just dappily. We use that word again, dappily light look. Yeah, yes, you just on the brightness thing. But even even okay. that on the on the one that I had to uh, lighten it up so much, the uh, there's various ways to do that. You know, and in this case, I had to use a fill light instead of just, um, uh, well, nerd talk. If you invert the image, duplicate the layer, and uh, then um, apply it at a, uh, at, you know, using a multiply function or something like that, then you're basically making the, um, you know, the inverted image darker, which makes the properly or, uh, the, properly flipped around version lighter yeah but this is just a slight step beyond that but you'll notice the ground has that same sort of color variations when you look at it closely as that picture from the watson image above it it's just blurrier you know you do you do lose re resolution when you have to work those things over a little bit um but the um yeah it's it's worth it um just to get an idea of what's really there, um, right? Okay. So that, yeah, I, okay. I'm yeah, I'm burned out on that one. People just need to think about it. But the um, yeah, the next one is number nine. Is the um, that's from Curiosity, and that's that's what I um, immodestly named Gale Crater. I named it after Dorothy, not the uh, not the astronomer. Um, that's Gale City. Um, the crater is named after the astronomer, um, and it's a city. I mean, there I sharp I sharpened that up a lot. You know, you can zoom in all you want, and uh, that this was actually lifted from the JPL panorama that they did because that they actually did a nice job on it, um, and so I just uh, cleaned I just cleaned and cleaned it up. But the blue sky came with it by the way yeah, yeah Ron, that, that picture was amazing i tell you what my uh my, my father was always he passed away about five years ago and when they put this picture out i showed millions of pictures but he was watching it he saw it on the weather channel and he said i'll be damn that's a road that's going up that hill up into that thing i was like yeah i've been telling you for so long and uh <laughs> that thing is it literally is one of the best pictures especially the the way it you absolutely there. you're right it absolutely is and uh below it uh well, let's see. We'll see. The next one's a Percy image. We'll skip that for a second. Number uh, eleven. 
I alternated them on purpose just so uh, see it's a comparison of two shots. The lower view is the original frame. That's the whole frame. That's the um, uh, that's what it looked like. You know, unmolested, untouched. And if you look in the, if you look in the background past the ridge with the big things on it, it's uh, you'll see it's just like soupy. I mean, there's no detail there at all. But if you um, tap on it to get the big version, let's see, I think that'll work, right? Yeah, yeah there yes. we go. Yeah, um, and then yeah, take a look at it. Take a look at there. That's the same. That's just to one side. That's how big Gale City is. It stretches all over the place. And this was taken early on, as you can tell by the um, image number uh, in um, Curiosity's roaming. But you can't see any of that structure and stuff back there. Which, and speaking of roads, I mean, there's everything. There's roads, there's buildings, there's streets, you know. Uh, and it looks almost Grecian. You know, like if, if there was a, such a thing as a Grecian metropolis, it would uh, look like that. It, it's not megalithic like most of the ruins we see. Although Keith, the Laney, the- Keith Laney put some of this up from the, you know, from the air. So this stuff. His the high rise shots. This is exactly yeah. what it looked like. You know, the Inca type city we've seen the picture. It looked like you know you can see the structure now. Actually, when you see it on the ground, it's amazing. I don't know if you. It's absolutely. Uh, yeah, pyramids, you're right. Everything. Every, that this is one of the best. I definitely. Have, uh, if you haven't seen that one, if you definitely have to check that out. Yeah, but that's that, that's that's practically handing Elon Musk the football. <laughs> when you see the, dif- the difference between the original as they posted it, and that um, in um, August of 2014, um, yeah. at least at least that's when I that's when I grabbed it. And I, back in those days, I was grabbing the images pretty much as fast as they put them up. So that's uh, it's that long ago. So yeah, they've known what this stuff was. Um, and uh, yes, you're right. In the background of that uh, of that picture there, it doesn't show on this one because I had to crop it to make everything fit. There's a um, uh, there's a pyramid right up on the um, which it's more of a mastaba, but uh, let's not get into the archaeological weeds. Uh, the uh, but yeah, there's one of them kind of buildings up there <laughs> in the background, but most of it just has this look of like a white marble city or pink marble. I think this stuff so, is mostly pink. Yeah. So, Ron, this makes the um, Richards article, well, not Richards article, but the one that he flagged from Zero Hedge that said humans huh? may be all over the universe, scientists say. And then it's a very short article. People should read it. Um, is this another soft sell to basically say, well, you know, universe, so it's really big, so it could be far away that this is happening, when in fact we're talking about our neighbors? Yeah, I always figured they know it'll come out eventually. And one of the reasons that they don't do what some early res- earlier researchers were accusing them of, of really molesting the pictures, you know, they came up with a protocol to mess them up so that you couldn't see what's really there, but they don't destroy the images. They lose a little resolution, but not too much. You can get most of it back. And I'm sure you can get even more of it back than I do if you know how they do it. You know, what I'm doing is not whatever they're doing. I, I suspect it's the same in some respects, but they've obviously, you know, they've got some protocol. They can just uh, take them five minutes, you know, 
takes me an hour. But um, the uh, yeah, they they want to have the stuff there so that when it does all come out, they can say, well, we showed you everything. You know, the evidence to me for that was how well framed the images are. Yeah. Remember, up until Perseverance, which is unique and wonderful in that they put the st- somehow they automated the process of downlinking the pictures and putting them on the web. And, uh, you know, you'll see stuff in it. Literally, the picture was taken on Mars hours ago. Yeah, it's really, it can get addicting, too. I tell you, we were talking about earlier how you were pretty much eating them up as they came down. Uh, Isn't that a rush? It really Mm -hmm. is. Especially if you can see this, this stuff's so blatant. Some of it, it's, uh, especially even the the perseverance stuff, I, I, it's not as I think. Like said, curiosity is a much more. You know, Gale was populated. Whatever, whatever happened there, that's um, rubble everywhere. But this is definitely has wall. You know, Pier Percy, where we're at, it's it's Gisero, It's got walls. It's got everything. Blocks, uh, not huge megalithic like uh, we've seen it. I think over Gale Crater too. We've seen some of those, but really, really shaped stuff. Man. And it's fairly decent shape. I mean, some of them. It's not as it doesn't look, you know, millions of years old to me. It's uh, that that has puzzled me for years as well. The stuff does not look old enough to fit what else we seem to know. You know, that's that's one of the puzzlements. Um, the um, uh, well, anyway, yes. Continue on about that. I actually have to remember. I'm having troubles with signal, and I don't want to lose the call so i'm just going to set this phone on the chair and i'm going to go inside and get a coat because i'm freezing my <laughs> freezing my potatoes off so i'll um uh somebody else talk for a minute i'll i'll, I'll be back when the break comes up because we're i think well, we're two minutes short of the break yeah, yeah we're two we minutes are two up. minutes do you guys okay. think i mean not to um i certainly don't really want to get political now but do you think that with this sort of seeming seeping, well, maybe it's more of an onrush disclosure or whatever you want to call it, that some of the stuff happening on Earth, a lot of these factions seemingly fighting with each other, is all about hedging their bets about what's out there and who gets to claim it first? I mean, Elon Musk has been almost proclaiming himself Emperor of Mars you know, in so many ways. And you've got to think about what are the vested interests that are trying to stake their claim on a place like Mars. And if what we're seeing back here from the tailpipe is just some of that, you know, carbon monoxide spewing in our faces. I don't know, guys. There, there's a lot more going on, not just here on this Earth, but you got to wonder if, if the tentacles going out or at least the claims. You know, it's it's like everybody claiming a piece of Antarctica, right? Nobody owns it, but everybody claims it. And you got to kind of wonder if the same patterns are happening in our local space. And I know um, um, we're getting close, right, Keith? Yes, we're about uh, coming up on about thirty seconds out. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and break here. And uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight, and uh, we are covering part two of Mars since. Uh, didn't really get all of our imaging guys in last week. So we'll be right back after this break. And don't touch that dial.
Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out.